Welcome to Seize the Day with me, your host, Anna Friedsinjor. On each episode, I invite you to seize the day with me as we'll chat about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but in a way that applies to everyone, not just the people that originally coined that phrase. Through a cerebral and cosmic lens, we'll take a lighthearted look into society and ourselves. Settle in and let's carpe that diem. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Seize the Day. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode, so I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things. At my full-time job, summer is the busiest season, so that has been consuming most of my time and energy over the past three months, but things have slowed down at work, and I'm currently at the beginning of a week-long staycation that is very much needed. And this staycation is a bit special because today is my 31st trip around the sun. Woo! Now, in true Libra fashion, I love birthdays in general because I love any excuse to get together, socialize, and celebrate this thing called life. So later tonight and tomorrow night, I'll be celebrating with my friends but I just wanted to take some time beforehand while I am in my own quiet company to reflect on the past year and to share what I wish for myself in the coming year. So for my first reflection, over the past year, I have learned how important it is to really live in the present. Around this time last year, I distinctly remember having my first new moon experience, which you can hear more about in episode six. New moons have been happening every month since the beginning of time, and yet I had never noticed anything distinctive about them or how they made me feel until last year. Why is that? I think it's safe to say that a lot of us live life in autopilot. We wake up, we go to work, we come home, we have relatively the same evening routine, and on the weekends, we do the same things and hang out with the same people. Autopilot makes it easy to operate without much thought, but if you are deep enough in autopilot, it prevents you from being present in the moment. And when you're not present in the moment, It might prevent you from noticing the subtle changes in the people around you or even in your own mood. How many times have you been unable to identify a feeling or an emotion of yours until someone else noticed it for you? For me personally, my boss can usually sense that I am stressed before I can even identify it myself because when work gets hectic, and I bury my head in my tasks, I don't have the capacity to process my stress in the moment. In general, when we bury ourselves in anything that takes us out of the present moment, it makes it very difficult to tune into the world around you. 
Escapism is unfortunately a popular vice of mine because I have been under the delusion that if I just binge watch Netflix or mindlessly scroll on Instagram or binge drink or spend money excessively, it'll erase whatever might be causing me anxiety. But over the past year, I've noticed more than ever that it only makes it worse. Maybe in the moment it feels good, but I always end up feeling super guilty and remorseful for not enjoying these activities in moderation. I am absolutely not going to claim that I no longer participate in escapism behavior, because I do. But in the past year, I have definitely become more aware of it, which is half the battle. A constant reminder to myself is that if you are truly in the present moment, you can't simultaneously be depressed about the past or anxious about the future. Think about that. Actually, I'm going to say that again. If you are truly in the present moment, you can't simultaneously be depressed about the past or anxious about the future. You can only feel one of these at a time. In the coming year, I intend to replace more of my escapism behaviors with healthier, high vibrational activities. Another thing that I've noticed is that escapism behavior not only prevents you from tuning into the world around you, but it also prevents you from tuning into yourself. I'm learning that in the absence of escapism activities, I can more clearly identify when my gut is trying to tell me something, which has led to me trusting myself more. The second reflection of mine from the past year is that if I keep finding myself in situations that keep repeating themselves, and I am the common denominator in each of these repeating situations, I need to take a deeper look at myself and my role in the fact that I am continuing to get the same results. This past year, with the guidance of a therapist, I prompted myself to take a closer look at the areas of my life where the same pattern was repeating itself without there being a desirable outcome. The main focus of my analysis was my dating patterns because I was finding that I was stuck in a cycle of getting into situations with men that didn't work out for a number of reasons. I remember several years ago, my college best friend had told me that she didn't think I actually liked the guy I was dating at that time. And she felt I was only with him because he was showing interest in me. And I remember getting so upset. And I told her that I felt like she didn't like any of the guys that I dated. And I felt like she didn't think any of the guys I had ever dated were right for me. And she told me that that's true, which only made me even more upset. But at that time, and honestly, up until this past year, I was not able to see what she was seeing. 
I think it's safe to say that the situations I had been finding myself in over and over again typically fell into one of the following categories. Number one, I would meet someone while I had been drinking. And once I sobered up, I would realize how incompatible we were. But I wanted companionship and affection. So I would continue to see them, but would only reach out to them when I had been drinking. Number two, I would meet someone and would know in my gut that we weren't compatible. So I wouldn't bother establishing emotional intimacy. But again, I wanted companionship and affection. So I would just skip to sexual intimacy with them. And I would do that with the hope that maybe emotional intimacy would stem from that. Number three, I would meet someone and I knew we weren't compatible, but they were really interested in me. So this is kind of the example that my friend was talking about. Um, They were really interested in me. So rather than just being honest about what I want and putting my desires first, I would kind of just people please go along with things and hope that I would grow to like them. And number four, I would meet someone, but they would live very far away from me. I'm talking like a different country with an ocean in between us. And this makes it very difficult to get to know someone genuinely, especially for me personally. I really need to be able to spend a lot of in-person, one-on-one time with someone for me to feel like, okay, I really like, feel like I have a sense of who you are and I like what I see. Um, So with there being all this distance in between us, it's very difficult for that to happen. But I would still give it a try because of the affection. And even though it's not physical affection, you know, receiving cute texts and just knowing that someone out there in the world, um, you know, was interested in me and wanted, wanted, you know, to continue to engage with me. Um, But then I would eventually discover that, shocker, I don't actually like this person. So in all of these situations, whether it was one date or years of dating, the end result always involved me returning back to single square one. In the past year, admitting to myself that I am the common denominator in my unsuccessful dating patterns is the first step towards making any kind of change. In the next year, I intend to be honest with myself and with those I am dating about what I want and not settle for less than that. Because while I am investing energy in someone who I'm not compatible with, I am blocking myself from the opportunity to get to know someone that I am compatible with. My third reflection from the past year is that I need to make time for my wellness before I'm forced to make time for my illness. So in the beginning of this episode, 
I mentioned that I've been pretty busy with work the past couple of months, but what I didn't mention is that these past couple of months have actually been very stressful for me. But I didn't realize how stressed I actually was until I started experiencing physical health issues that I believe are a direct result of me trying to push through my stress and my boundaries. I tend to subscribe to the idea that ignorance is bliss, and I feel like the longer I work at my current job, the more I understand how important the work behind the scenes is, and the more I raise the stakes in terms of my personal performance. On two of our most important weekends this summer, oh my god, this is actually like, This is so crazy because as I'm going back in my mind right now about to like describe what happened, I can feel it starting to happen right now in this moment. (laughs) So hopefully my body can keep it together. Um, So as I was saying, on two of our most important weekends this summer, my face would get super hot and tight and so swollen that I became unrecognizable and my skin would get itchy all over my body. On both of these weekends, I had to call out of work on the most important day of the week. And after having doctors run a series of blood tests, it seems that this is not being caused by any malfunction in any of the systems in my body. Uh, And it doesn't seem to be uh, being caused by anything I may have ingested and had an allergic reaction to. I've never been allergic to anything in my life. And although I know that you can develop allergies at any age, I am truly convinced that this is not allergy related. This face, skin, body reaction occurred two other times over the summer. And in both situations, I was stressed, but it wasn't related to work. So out of all of the possibilities of what this could be, the one underlying like reoccurring theme in all four of these situations is I was stressed about something and I was trying to like push beyond my stress or push beyond a personal boundary of mine. I know my immune system very well and I'm the type of person that doesn't get sick easily or ever really. So the fact that this happened to me four times in a two-month period during the most stressful summer to date doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. So in the next year, I intend to make managing my anxiety and my stress and nurturing my mental health a top priority. No situation is worth sacrificing your health for, mental or physical health. I will be more adamant and outspoken about my mental health boundaries. And if they can't be respected, then I may need to seriously consider walking away from the situation, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, or a job. I can always get a new job, but I can't get a new Anna Freed. So 
Thanks so much for listening today. I hope that some of my reflections resonate with you. And if you are looking to make a change in your life regarding any of the things I have mentioned, let me know so we can motivate each other to stay on track in the coming year. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Also, don't forget to leave a positive review if you really like what you've heard. Now go and make the most of your day.